Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. A lot of Mets Yanks. Football, first couple of hours. We'll sprinkle in some other things here over the final 60. little college rewind, a little more tennis. I know Richard called there to talk about the U.S. Open. Speaking of the U.S. Open, uh, Coco Goff just lost to Caroline Garcia in one of the uh, women's quarterfinals. So that is one less American that is still in the field. So now there's one male, Francis Tiafo, who's going to play tomorrow afternoon in his quarterfinal matchup. And then Jessica Pagula also playing tomorrow afternoon on the women's side. So you have one male, one female left um, from the American side here in the final, what, I guess we're down to six on the women's, seven for the men. So uh, two out of the final 13 are left here to possibly take home that top prize. And, you know, like, well, I'll talk about it a little bit more later on, but when you think about, like, you know, the tennis, the event, and, you know, with Serena possibly stepping aside and I know that some people think that you know she's going to come back and she's got another push in here a little bit I you know it's been a long time it's been a long time since you know at least in our country here that American players have been like at the top of the game and even tasted success it's been a long time between drinks you know apart from Serena I mean on the men's side forget it I mean you're the last male to American male to win a grand slam 19 years ago at the U.S. Open Andy Roddick, like, that was forever ago, you know, forever ago. You know how long ago that was? Andy Roddick won the U.S. Open two months after Roger Federer won his first Grand Slam at the 2003 Wimbledon. That's how long ago it was. Um, And on the women's side, you know, Sophia Kennan won the Australian Open in 2020, but She's kind of fallen off here a little bit over the last couple of years. And before that, you got to go back to Sloan Stevens in 2017 who won the U.S. Open. And then before that, it was Serena. So maybe this will be a breakthrough. you still got a couple of um, players here who are still part of the field. We'll see if they can make it happen uh, over the next couple of days. As far as the Giants are concerned, you know, I the Jets stuff is pretty cut and dry. We talked about that, the expectations and the doubters and – you know, the way the majority of the folks feel about them outside of the New York area, of course. But, you know, if, if I asked that same question to Giant fans that I posed earlier about the Jets, what constitutes a successful season if you're the Giants? Right, it's a little bit different with the Jets situation because, all right, they still have a developing quarterback, and you don't know necessarily if indeed he's going to be the answers. I mean, are there still any holdouts on the Giants side of things? Like, right now, does a Giant fan still hold out hope that Daniel Jones is the guy? Or you think you're ready to pretty much just cut ties at the end of the season and then trust in Joe Shane and Brian Dayball to be able to go out there next offseason and bring in the quarterback of the future? So if it's not about developing a quarterback this year for the Giants, then, of course, you go back to, okay, it comes down to the bottom line, wins and losses. But it's also a team that is rebuilding. 
And I think that this roster is going to look dramatically different next season than what you're seeing here in 2022. The reason why is because they really couldn't do too much because of the cap constraints. They didn't have a lot of turnover. So I don't know realistically what you would expect to see from this team. Are we talking, you know, would six wins do it? I'm shocked, by the way, shocked among many things, that the over-under for the Giants this year was seven and a half, which is a full two wins more than the Jets in Vegas. Giants going to win more than seven and a half games? That's a stretch to me. I could see them, you know, kind of almost a little bit in that Jet territory, you know, in that somewhere five to seven. I I just can't see them being better than that. All right, so if you're not going to win substantially more games, what's the basis of success? Is it an evaluation of your head coach, right? Is it when you look at Joe, uh, I was going to say Joe Judge. You look at Brian Dayball and you look at Joe Shane and you think to yourself, all right, these guys, they got a plan. They put a plan in place. They went out there. They executed it. And I like the way this franchise is moving in the right direction. You know what the danger in that, though, is? Remember what happened a few years ago? Weren't we all saying the same things about Joe Judge after that first season? Right, that they weren't awful? That they won their share of games? That Joe Judge looked like he was a guy with that, you know, that New England mentality, kind of trying to be like the, uh, you know, the bad cop and the, the poor man's Belichick? That after the first season, you thought that he had the makings of being a good coach, Right? 2020 during a pandemic year with all of those challenges he went out there and didn't make excuses and Giants played hard for him they won some games and you thought all right Giants might have found something here with this head coach and then last year it all went belly up right then last year among other things it's quarterback sneaks you know two feet outside your goal line And, and you know everything that could have gone wrong went wrong so I don't even know if a great year from the head coach is going to be the end-all, be-all, and the answer that maybe you want as a fan. It's going to be a process when you think about the Giants and what they potentially could do. And it's not a quick fix. It won't be. I think that goes without saying. Here's Brian Dayball, and obviously he's going to get to work here with Daniel Jones, has been working with Daniel Jones. Brian Dayball talking about the Giant quarterback as a leader. I've heard he was a hard worker. I get to see it. He is extremely hard. He's here all the time, but he's more on the quiet side, but he is ultra, ultra competitive. And he does a really good job in the huddle with his teammates when you just step out and listen to him. I think he's a good leader. Kayvon Thibodeau, of course, you want to see him out there on Sunday. He suffered that injury against the Bengals in the preseason, the chop block from Thaddeus Moss. And by the way, Thaddeus Moss found himself on the chopping block, ironically enough. Today, got cut by the team. Um, he's been out there, been getting better, and he was asked by the media today in the locker room if he thinks he'll play on Sunday. I think he'll play Sunday. I don't know. Right now it's day-to-day. You know, it could really go the way, so we're just kind of waiting to see where it is when time comes. You know that they're probably drilling into his mind, hey, don't tell the media one way or the other. You know, whether you're playing, whether you're not playing, Don't give them any information, and more importantly, don't give the Tennessee Titans any information that they could use against you on the field or use against us in terms of game planning for that game on Sunday. 
I don't know if he's going to play, to be honest with you. Um, I'd like to see him out there because, again, this dude's got ability. You know, this dude's got some flair. And if he and Ojolari can get out there and be bookend pass rushers for this Giants team, that's going to help them maybe win a couple of more games that they weren't supposed to. You know, I think I actually think this defense could be okay if they get these injured players on the field and they could stay on the field all season long. I think this defense might not be too bad. You know, Wink Martindale is one of the most, you know, well-respected defensive coordinators in all the National Football League. I'd like, look, nothing, nothing would make me happier than both of these New York football teams being termed pleasant surprises this year because it's going to make things easier for our show. You know, it's always good to talk and always good to do these shows when things are going good in the town and when the team is good. But there's a little bit of an adjustment process there. There is a lot of unknown with the Giants because you've got a head coach who's never done this before. And there have been assistants over the years throughout the NFL who look like they are the most ready-made head coaches that we've ever seen. They've put in their time. They've been trained by, you know, some well-respected Hall of Fame head coach. Then they go out there and they bomb when they get their own job. Bill Belichick's first stint as a head coach did not go swimmingly with the Cleveland Browns. So Brian Dayball is going to have to figure out what it means to be a head coach. There's no doubt about that. And so far, at the very least, I mean, it could change, but it appears as if Brian Dayball, who is an offensive coach, he's not even going to be calling the plays. He's going to turn the reins over to Mike Kafka, who, you know, comes from the Andy Reid school, um, and this will be the first time he's a play caller in his career. Now, the great thing about that is, is that if it's not working out, if the head coach isn't satisfied with what he's seeing, eventually at some time or another, he's going to take the play calling duties away from him and just call them on himself. So the Giants have two play callers on their coaching staff here. But Dan Graziano, who, of course, is a NFL reporter for ESPN, he went on KJM today and talked about that prospect in particular with Mike Kafka being the play caller over Brian Dable. I think it's the way it was going to it was going to be all along. Like they they got Mike Kafka to leave Kansas City, to leave Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and that, to come to the Giants who Max, I don't know if you know this, but they haven't been as great a team as Kansas City the last couple of years. So I, I don't think come he was going to come to that situation if he wasn't going to be a, like a step up for him as in terms of responsibility. Mike Kafka wants to be a head coach someday and I think it speaks to Dayball and like what he sees his role as the head coach. Like a lot of guys, offensive coaches are going to come and be head coaches. They're going to want to call the plays. They're going to want that level of control over the, the, that thing on game day. Dayball, I think, views himself more as the overseer, the tone setter, the guy who can communicate the vision to everybody. Like, he'll have oversight over Kafka, and he'll be able to veto play calls if he wants. But I think it, it says a lot about how Dayball sees himself as a head coach. And, I, I, and then more than just, I was brought in as an offensive guru. I'm, I'm, I'm here to manage the whole team. Look, there's a lot of different ways to skin a cat when it comes to coaching. You know, some of the most successful head coaches call plays. Other ones that are really successful don't call plays. I am a big believer. My philosophy, I like a coach who kind of is that more CEO type of a head coach, the overseer, the one who delegates responsibilities to his assistants, to his coordinators. Now, obviously, every coach is going to have, you know, a background on one side of the ball versus the other, right? Brian Dayball is an offensive coach. Robert Sala is a defensive coach. Um, 
And if, if it's not working with Mike Kafka, if they're not moving the ball, they're not scoring points, guess what? Brian Dayball's going to have to have a heart-to-heart with Mike Kafka and say, hey, I'm going to call the plays from here on out. I'm the head coach. That's the way it rolls. But I just think, like, you know, the perception – this is just me. And like I said, there's there's been plenty that have been successful doing it the other way. The perception to me of the head coach calling plays is that he almost comes off as a glorified coordinator, right? It's like – you know, you're a defensive coach, you're calling the defense. Well, you're a defensive coordinator masquerading as a head coach and vice versa. If you're an offensive head coach, you know, worry about the team instead of just that one side of the ball because it gives off the impression that all you care about is that side of the ball which you grew up with, right? So Dayball would only be concerned with the offense. You know, we had a head coach here, you know, with Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan, there were a lot of times where, you know, he's – the head coach, but he's calling the defense and he's worrying about the defense. And when the jet offense is on the field, he's on the, you know, over by the bench talking to the defense and not even paying attention to what's happening with the offense. And it would seem like he only cared more about the defense than the overall outcome of the game at times. You know, you don't want to see things like that happen from a head coach. So, but we'll oversee what's successful. He knows his team better than you, better than me. And it's going to be a process. Subi in Midtown. He's up next, 98.7 ESPN. Subi, how you doing? Hey, Dan. Regarding the Jets and the Giants, I mean, they have not produced Pro Bowl talent on either side of the ball, but the defensive side of the ball specifically, um, you don't even see any of players' um, prospects as a, like a defensive player of the year candidate. So, like, Sauce Gardner, he can't just be good. Like, of course, we want him to be good, but he needs to be at the Revis level. That just has to be the standard. And especially on like the defensive line or uh, in either corners for either team, they need to be producing talent that is above average. Um, the Patriots, Steelers, um, even like teams like on the East Coast, Redskins, Eagles, they've been constantly producing that talent. So, you know, our standard shouldn't be just good. Like Quinton Williams is just good. But as a number three pick, he should be a defensive player of the year candidate. And if that doesn't happen, then um, it's going to be another average season. That's all i got to say. Uh, you're not wrong about developing through the draft. Here's the thing, though. And, and by the way, the perception, we're going to spend the whole next four months kind of debunking his perception about the Patriots. Patriots have not drafted well in a while, in a long time. That's why the Patriots are in the situation they're in right now with their roster. Go back and look at Belichick's drafts, you know, starting in 2018 to the present day. You know, some of those gems that he picked. All right? He has not drafted well. Has not for the most part, and that's why the Patriots are no longer the dynasty that they are. Yeah, Brady left, but they haven't done as great a job stocking the shelves with some of that homegrown talent. Quinn and Williams should be better this year with the added depth they have on the defensive line. You know, when you have a car or loss and they're rushing the passer, which could command double teams. Jermaine Johnson on the other end, some of the other guys they have on that D-line with the rotations. It's supposed to free up things and opportunities for Quinn and Williams, right? And you should expect a bigger season from him. Um... The other guys, Sauce Gardner, Kayvon Thibodeau, those are top 10 picks. You hope they morph into big-time defensive players. That's why both teams selected them. That's why the Jets uh, traded up to go get Jermaine Johnson at the back end of that first round. You expect these guys to be impactful players, but it doesn't happen overnight. 800-919-3776, that's the telephone number. We come back, a little update from the Mets and Pirates. We'll also review what was an interesting first weekend of college football we're rolling till 10 o'clock. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight.
With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Dan Gross's show, 98.7 ESPN is the telephone number. I don't know what you guys want to call this. I, you know, I'm sure plenty will be said. But the Mets are sitting here playing this thing out like they got a 20-game lead. Like they got a 20-game lead. That's what it looks like at this point. The Pittsburgh Pirates have 49 lousy, stinking wins this year. The only team with fewer than Nationals who just beat the Mets on back-to-back games. And the Mets are out here. There's a guy on the mound right now. I don't even know who the hell he is. Montes de Orco, or I know they call them from the minor leagues. Who the hell is this guy? I mean, am I going to be surprised and see somebody like, you know, Jorge Fabregas in the lineup tomorrow? This feels like, watching these games, it feels like this is the Mets of old that are already dead and buried by the time September rolls around. And they're just putting guys out there to get through the end of the season. That's what this reminds me of. You're going to now lose three in a row to the two worst teams in baseball and score a grand total of four lousy stinking runs in the three games? Yeah. That's all right. You know, the Braves are playing the Oakland. Oakland's a powerhouse as well. You know, they've got one more win than the Pirates. But you know what the difference is? Atlanta is littered with champions on that roster. And Nimmo tries to dive for a ball in center field, comes up short, comes up eating grass, and the Pirates score another run. I mean, you know what? I had this whole thing mapped out about the easy schedule the rest of the year and all the yo-yo teams they were going to play the remainder of the season and that even the Mets can't find a way to screw this up because the schedule is way too friendly for anything remotely close to that happening. Well, guess what? Could be happening. Could be happening. And not to mention the fact, like I said, the team that you're trying to fend off 
is the defending World Series champion. The defending World Series champion who knows how to win. Defending champion, by the way, since June 1st, talking about the Atlanta Braves, is 61-24. and 24. We should sit here and, you know what we should do? We should sit here and, like, take a poll. How many games will the Mets finish behind the Braves in the NL East? Right? Is it going to be more or less than five? I mean, this thing could be five by, you know, the end of next week if things continue this way. And I never thought in a million years I would ever say anything close to that. But that's what this team has me thinking now over the last few days. I mean, why is it like time and time and time again, there's just uninspired play against teams that they have no business being on the field with. No business. And I'm just waiting till the end of the game when, you know, Showalter talks and they give you an update on Starling Marte. He's probably got a broken hand. Probably never going to see him again. They're going to turn into the Yankees when it comes to the mass unit. I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible to me. Incredible. Yeah, Another quality performance from Taiwan Walker. You know, Taiwan Walker, how about this? Instead of going out there the other night and handing out free tacos at City Field, why don't you watch a little bit more film? Why don't you get ready for your next start? Maybe do some throwing. You know, go in the gym, work out a little bit instead of handing out tacos. We can find a lot of guys to hand out free tacos. We need guys to go out there and actually get meaningful outs against the crappy pirate team. That when the offense isn't doing squat, you can actually go out there and maybe shut down one of the worst teams in baseball. Is that too much to ask? Is it? I mean, I don't even, I don't even care anymore about what the schedule says. It doesn't even matter. So the next time they want to throw in your face about, oh, they only play six teams with winning records. You know what? I was that idiot last week and the last couple of weeks myself. But that's all done. It's over with. Because if you can't beat the Nationals and you can't beat the Pirates, then what the hell is going to happen when you play any other team in Major League Baseball? Oh, but we got Buck Showalter. That's right. So we should feel good about it. How's Max Scherzer, by the way? How's that side? How's the fatigue? Strong yet? Still tired. When is his inevitable landing on the injured list? I mean, I actually, I actually like tried to pass off the weekend, right? When they got murdered by the Nationals. That, hey, you know what? Hey, Washington went into St. Louis yesterday and they shut out the Cardinals. You know, maybe Washington is going to be like this pain in the neck that nobody wants to play in September. It's not just the Mets. It got the Cardinals, too. You know, St. Louis is playing good baseball. But that's over with because St. Louis is winning tonight, beating up on Washington. But yet the Mets still can't solve the Pittsburgh Pirates. I mean, it, it, it's like Groundhog Day. It don't matter who the pitchers are. It don't matter who the manager is. It doesn't matter who the owner is. It doesn't matter who the, how expensive the payroll is. doesn't matter if we have old-timers day. Let's retire this guy's number. Let's retire Willie Mays. You know what? You might as well bring back Willie Mays. At 90 years of age and put him in the lineup. Maybe Willie will get a freaking hit compared to some of the guys in the lineup they got tonight. And he just had hip replacement. That's why he wasn't at the old-timers day. Year after year after year after year, it's the same 
damn thing. It doesn't even matter. Like, you know, if you're a Met fan, you think that, oh, finally, finally, we're, like, playing better. We're the better team in town. The Yankees got all these problems. They got injuries. They can't get out of their own way. They're slumping and all these things. And you think you're living a charm life with the Mets because they got Scherzer. They got DeGrom. They got Buck. They're in first place. Nobody wants to play them. They're built for October, unless you're the Nationals and the Pirates, of course. And some yo-yo, the man, who, who's this? Tommy Hunt. Enough with Tommy Hunter. Enough with Bryce DeOrca or whoever the hell his name was. Get him out of here. I don't want to see these guys again. Another two-run bomb into the Allegheny River. Eight to two. This is disgraceful what is happening with this team. Disgraceful. You know, if you're playing like this against the Braves or playing like this against the Dodgers or even the Cardinals or organizations that know what the hell they're doing, you can pass this off. Not the Nationals and not the Pirates. I don't even want to talk about this anymore. I'm done. I'm done. We'll come back and talk about college football. Because you know what? That won't get me as aggravated. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. People are lighting me up now just with all the Mets stuff. I mean, what can I say? I mean, I I said all there was to say. My little rant there. They got some issues. The bullpen is terrible. All right? I know we're having fun with some of the other stuff, but the bullpen is terrible. And that's something we knew even before this last few games. All right. There is no bridge to Edwin Diaz. And when they're putting guys out there like Tommy Hunter and this Deorca guy, like where are they finding these dudes? They have open tryouts at City Field. Like anybody with a glove and you want to throw an inning, like come one, come all. Is that what they're doing? Is that how they're finding relievers? They don't got anybody. Steve Cohen's got like $87 billion. You can't find anybody else to come out of that bullpen that can get a quality out. Except for Edwin Diaz and, you know, on occasion, Adam Adovino. And then, you know, once every 25 years, Seth Lugo. That's it. And we got Deorca and Tommy Hunter. Like, who are these guys? Dino's in Staten Island. He's up next. 98.7 ESPN. Dean, how are you? Dan, my brother, how you feeling tonight? Dean, we're feeling good, baby. What's going on? We'll get past it. it up a little bit. You know me. You, you, you know, we got to change it up. We got to go back to talking a little Knicks basketball. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. Dan, obviously the Donovan Mitchell nonsense is finally over. I want to give you my projections for the year. I want to see where we stand on that together, what your projections are. Here's what my starting five is going to be, and then my five guys coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. And you tell me if we're on par with that. I got, I got obviously Jalen Brunson on a $100 million investment starting. Mm-hmm. 
Then I got at two, obviously, are untouchable that we didn't want to include in the Donovan Mitchell trade. That's Grimes. Agree. Obviously. Agree. We, can't start, we cannot start. Thank you. We cannot start Fournier next year because he's untouchable. Three, Randall. I'm sorry. I, I apologize. I mean, RJ. Four, mm-hmm. Randall. And obviously, Mitch. Our first five guys coming off the bench are going to be Obi. I got Derrick Rose, if obviously if healthy. IQ. OB, and obviously our, our backup center would be hard signed. Now, hear me out, Dan. I'm giving Tibbs max 25 games. If I don't see this team improving and he's not playing the young guys and we go like 10 and 15, to me, and he's still playing the veterans more than the young guys, to me that's a fireable offense. He needs to get the hook ASAP. Are we all poor with this? What are you thinking? I think 25 is a little harsh. I think 25 is a little okay. harsh, Dean. I'm, hey, I'm with you. Uh, look, I'm with you a thousand percent on your starting five. I like that because I agree because, you know what, putting Fournier on the bench and, look, I know he's hit and miss, but getting a Fournier off the bench, maybe giving you some quick buckets, sprays in the floor, you lost Alec Burks. Where are you making up that Absolutely. production? You know what I'm saying? Dan, Dan, he's killing it for France right now in the Euros. I don't know if you catch any of the Euro games right now that are going on. Fournier, he, he broke the Knicks' all-time leading record for three-point shots made. You know, he's a deadly shooter. He's just not played in the right system under Tibbs. He needs the ball a little bit to, to make it create shots for himself. Him coming off the bench with the with – the, he could space the floor, hit the three. He's a perfect option coming off the bench. And he's, people talk about his contract being astronomical. I don't think that's an astronomical contract. Four years and $72 million this day and age with the numbers that are being thrown out to players. I mean, this team has potential, and I'm, I'm so looking forward to the season. And I see this team fighting for maybe a top eight, in, maybe. I mean, but mm. it all depends on if Tibbs is going to stop being stubborn and he's going to give these young guys a chance to play. I can't see Dean, Randall playing 40 minutes a night. That's well, I'll stop. tell you this. Dean, I'll tell you this, and I thank you for the phone call. Good stuff. I know you're fired up. I know you love your team, and that's great. Here's the thing, though. A couple of things. To me, my X factor for the season, and we still got, what, another month and a half? It's Julius Randle. Julius Randle, to me, is the X factor for the Knicks in the upcoming season. If you get Randall two years ago, Randall, then you could talk about some of these things regarding the playoffs potentially with this club because that changes the dynamic. And I know that Fournier, look, I'm not watching the Euros, to be quite honest with you. There's, you know, other things on my plate right now. But I go back to two summers ago during the Olympics. Fournier played pretty well for France. And I joked around that, you know, the the Knicks brass was watching the Olympic Games and they saw, you know, what Fournier was doing there. And that's why they decided to give him all that money and sign him as a free agent. Look, Fournier is who Fournier is. I don't think we're under any sort of delusion that he's this, like, go-to scorer. You know, I I, I would say even I, – I mean, I know he's, you know, considered a starter-type player, but I don't think he's somebody necessarily who you, like, have to necessarily nail down to that starting five. Like I said, I would have no problem bringing him off the bench. If you could tell me that by Grimes starting is not going to hinder his development in any way, because, look, Grimes is still a young player. Grimes is a guy who's going to be playing more minutes, as we know, and that I don't want his game to get exposed by him playing those heavier minutes. I got no problem with that. 
Because people just like took like Alec Burks leaving as if like, oh yeah, it's no big deal, Alec Burks. Think about how many like how many roles Alec Burks played for this team. The dude was like the starting point guard because they didn't have one. The guy did every single thing that they asked him to do. You know, and then whether it was when he wasn't starting and he was coming off the bench, he was a guy who could give you some long-range shots, and, you know, you need some of those guys. If Fournier could come off the bench and kind of be that, like, instant offense type guy, I'm all for it. You know, something that we see from IQ on occasion, but obviously Fournier's got more range. I like that idea. I like it a lot. I'm all on board. But 25 games, is that all I'm giving Tom Thibodeau before, like, we start to think about making some changes? I'm going to be a little bit more um a little bit more lenient, let's say, than 25 games. Unless they're, you know, 4 and 21. <laughs> you know, if they're that bad, yeah, then we might have to talk about making some changes. Real quick on the college from the weekend. You had a couple of good games. I thought Ohio State and Notre Dame was a lot of fun on Saturday night, and I give Notre Dame a hell of a lot of credit. I thought this was a horrible matchup for them. I thought they were walking into a buzzsaw. Marcus Freeman You know, starting his first season, his alma mater there at Ohio State, and I thought they held up well. They really and truly did. So maybe the Irish are going to be poised to have a pretty decent season here under their new head coach. Um, LSU, we talked about that a little bit earlier. That is an atrocious loss for Brian Kelly. Atrocious. And Mike Norvell, you know, he's just trying to get this Florida State program back up even into, like, the above-average category. They have fallen on hard times in a major, major way. I even tweeted it out the other night after the game. I said, this is, you know, potentially a program-building win for Mike Norvell there with Florida State. He got a lot of help from LSU and their ineptitude with execution, but you still got to win the game, and I thought they did a nice job there. Georgia flexed its muscles. You see Georgia, by the way, you know, they lose 15 guys to the NFL draft this past spring, 15 off of the National Championship Club. Didn't look like it mattered one bit because they embarrassed Oregon, and you can forget about the Ducks as being a legit team in that Pac-12. And, you know, you talk about the team that won the Pac-12 last year. How about Utah? Utah went to Florida, and our buddy Bob Wischusen had the game on Saturday night, which was actually a very, very good game. You know, you had Utah-Florida going up against the Notre Dame-OSU game. Those were two really, really good games. And Utah-Florida was a lot of fun, and that's a good win for Florida. Billy Napier taking over, and, you know, you start to look at some of these players and these prospects – the quarterbacks going into next spring in the draft, that's going to obviously take up a lot of attention. Anthony Richardson, the QB from Florida, had himself a big game. He's a first-round talent. He's got the potential. I know it's just one game, still got a whole season to go, but he looked very, very impressive the other night uh, in beating Utah down at the Swamp, and that was a good win for those guys there. So a couple of Pac-12 foes coming down, uh, losing – out-of-conference games are on week one. Doesn't say a hell of a lot about the strength of the conference. We'll see what USC is under Lincoln Riley. They had themselves a laugher in their uh, home opener there over the weekend. Not really tested too much. And a shout-out, how about the Scarlet Knights? How about the fighting Chianos who were left for dead in that football game, came back, took the ball down the field, 96 yards for a game-winning drive in the fourth quarter, doing it on the ground, old-school, physical, running the football, then making the stop on D when they had to, drawing the penalty on specials. Good road win, good out of conference, especially anytime you could stick it to the Eagles up there in B.C. Nothing sweeter than that. So good job by my Scarlet Knights on the first Saturday of the college football season. 800-919-3776. Still got some things to do. A um, couple of tennis notes 
on what's happening out there at the U.S. Open. We'll take a look around the rest of the baseball scoreboard, and we'll yell and scream some more about the New York Mets, who just can't get out of their own way in Pittsburgh tonight. Dan Gross' show, till 10, right here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Subpar outing for Taiwan Walker. Bats do absolutely nothing against one of the worst teams in baseball. And oh, by the way, as we take a peek at the out-of-town scoreboard, Atlanta out to a 3-0 lead in the top of the first inning over the also futile Oakland Athletics. Mets are going to wake up tomorrow morning tied for first place. Tied. Mike in Queens is up next, 98.7 ESPN. Michael, how are you? I'm doing fine. Thanks for taking my call. Um, let me get your mind off the Mets. I know it's depressing. I'm a oh, Mets Oh, Mike, fan. it's awful. Myself. It's awful. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. These are teams that we're supposed to beat, you know, Washington and the Pirates, and I, I don't know, man. I'm kind of – I'm not giving up, but I'm not too optimistic at all. History would suggest uh, otherwise, right, Mike? That's why you can't be optimistic. Just, you know, exactly. that's, the, that's the course well, let of me, being a Mets fan. Let, Yeah, let me change the direction a little bit. I got a college football question for you. Mm -hmm. I'm a big Georgia Bulldog fan. I grew up in Atlanta. I remember my first sports hero was Herschel Walker. And um, I was watching the game the other night against Oregon, and we easily dismantled them. And my only question is, our quarterback, uh, Stetson Bennett, are you familiar with him? Of course. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Stetson Bennett seems like he's been. I'm surprised he's. Uh, you know, when he fin- after he plays his last game there, I think he's going to have the title of doctor because I think he's been in college well, okay. long enough to get a medical degree. All right, so you're going to agree with my point. I'm already know wh- which way you're going. You're going to go with me on this one. This mm. guy will be 25 next month. 25, a six year senior, and I was telling your um, guy that scans the calls. Some of his teammates were in the fifth grade. You know, when he was a senior in high school, fifth grade, sixth grade. So he, he has teammates that are 17, 18. This guy will turn 25 in October. And after that great start, I think he's probably the, the odds-on leader for the Heisman Trophy. And I'm just saying, believe me, I want Georgia to go undefeated. I want us to repeat as national champions. But I just don't think he should be eligible for any postseason awards because of his experience. He, he, he made two plays in the Oregon game. And I'm, I'm an avid fan, and I really understand the game. He mm-hmm. made two plays in that game where only a guy that has played six years in college that could make. Most freshmen, sophomores, juniors, they would have panicked and threw the ball away. 
But because he has so much experience, he's able to go through the first transition, the second, and then go to his third option when he's about to get sacked, where most guys would have threw the ball out of bounds. And even though I was glad he threw it for a touchdown, my point is a guy that, that has much that much more experience, look at the Heisman Trophy winner last year was 18. How can you grade him on the same um, level as a guy that's seven years older? Mike, do you remember when uh, you remember when Chris Wenke won the Heisman Trophy? Yeah. Chris Wenke was 28 years old when he won the Heisman Trophy. But I'm just saying, your opinion, do you think there has to be some cutoff point? No, it's because you know you're not what on is? the same level, bro. Well, well, and look, I don't think he's all that great of a quarterback. I think that more so than anything with Stetson Bennett, Mike, and I thank you for the phone call. You get back to us. I just think he's surrounded by unbelievable talent. I mean, Georgia's stacked. They're stacked. You know, they've had one of the top, you know, two, three recruiting classes for the last, I don't know how many years. Like I said, they they're, yes, they're the defending national champions, but they lose 15 guys to the NFL draft. 15. And yet they don't miss a beat. It's just one game, and maybe just Oregon's not very good this year. Remember, they have a brand-new head coach. They're old. And believe, how about this? Oregon's head coach, Dan Lanning, was Georgia's old defensive coordinator last year, and it didn't make a damn difference because they went out there and they pulverized them on Saturday. I just think that Stetson Bennett is in a real, real good situation right now. He's got an incredible team around him. And, yeah, I mean, it, it, it helps when you're 24, 25, you know, playing college football. But, remember, Things are still wacky in college football, and it's still going to take a few more years for things to kind of, like, sort themselves out um, because of the COVID year. And remember what the NCAA decided to do because it, the people that opted out during COVID, they were nobody was allowed to be penalized, so they all were able to get back a year of eligibility, whether you opted out or didn't opt out. You just essentially got a free year because of COVID and everything. And guys like Stetson Bennett are taking advantage of that. And yeah, he's not going to be there forever. Uh, that's for sure. A couple of other things here at 800-919-3776. One, this is just coming down here, and it involves the NFC East. And so I bring it up, you know, from a giant standpoint. Um, there's reports that Chase Young, remember, who's not going to start the season uh, on time here for the Washington Commanders because he's working back from the ACL injury and whatnot. There's conflicting reports out there that he suffered a setback during the offseason when he went to work out at um, Von Miller's pass rushing camp. But now there's reports, J.P. Finley, who covers Washington for um, NBC, uh, down there in the D.C. area, said that, no, that didn't happen, um, just working his way back from the injury. Well, nevertheless, Chase Young's not going to be available for the first few games uh, for the Washington Commanders. That's one thing that we do know for sure. Other thing in football today, it's kind of the worst-kept secret, but Pittsburgh went ahead and officially named Mitchell Trubisky as their starting quarterback, taking over the reins from Ben Roethlisberger, as we know. Look, as soon as Ben uh, Mitchell Trubisky was signed and, and was a part of this team, and I'll, I'll keep saying it until it happens, Mitchell Trubisky will not see the month of November as the Pittsburgh Steelers' starting quarterback. That job is poised to go to Kenny Pickett, it, the rookie, and I guarantee you that at one of the first few signs of falter from Trubisky, they're going to turn things over to Pickett. I, I'll, you know what? I'll go as far as to say it wouldn't shock me that when the Jets line up to play the Steelers, which is in week number four, that's what, 11, eight, like October 2nd maybe or something like that, um, Kenny Pickett might be the starting quarterback by then. It might only take a few weeks. We'll see, though. But, I mean, come on. 
where is Mitchell Trubisky leading the Pittsburgh Steelers? Maybe Mike Tomlin decides to ride this thing out and, you know, see how much he can get out of this team with Trubisky at the helm, but everybody knows eventually the reins are going to be turned over to the rookie. Whether they get him in this year, next year, it's going to be his team at some point or another. But Steelers are always going to be a tough out regardless, and they're a good coach team. Tomlin's never had a losing season in his career as the head coach of the black and gold. Good matchup going over at the U.S. Open right now with uh, Nick Kyrgios and Karen Kachanoff. Uh, winner goes to the semifinals where they're going to play Casper Rude, who is a slam semifinalist. We know, um, you know, we had the caller earlier about the state of the men's game. You know, seven men that are left right now on that side of the draw, none of them have ever won a Grand Slam before. So one of them will be a first-time Grand Slam champion here at the U.S. Open. So that's pretty cool, talking about, you know, evolving this game because the old guard are not going to be able to play forever as we know that's going to do it for us on this busy tuesday night it was a lot of fun i'm going to go relax now after screaming about the mets and you know tomorrow's two games so they might give you double the reason to scream this is the dan grasa show on 98.7 espn <laughs>